Let's take our Bibles tonight and stand and go to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. While you're turning them, say it is a joy to be able to preach tonight. I hate the pastor's not feeling well, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back in the saddle again, hopefully by Wednesday. And uh, you just pray for us as we try to deliver the message tonight. Again, I appreciate all of you that pray for us, continue to pray for the work there at uh, Northeast Correctional. God, just keep his hand of grace and mercy uh, over uh, the work going on there. I, y'all know me, I, I, you know, I just try not to be melodramatic or whatever, but uh, Monday, one of our sergeants, an inmate, sliced him right across the face, and uh, the, we got a new warden, and man, she just locked the whole prison down, and she's trying to send a message that you can't, you can't cut my help. Amen. So it's, I'm not trying to be melodramatic or anything. I'm just stating the fact that's the way things have been lately. Amen. So you pray God to keep us safe, but in the midst of it, I had the Gideons up there a week before last. They came and passed out over a thousand King James pocket New Testaments. Amen. So even in the midst of the slicing and the cutting, the gospel's getting out. Amen. Ain't that just like the Lord? Amen. So I appreciate you guys praying and do continue to pray for the work there that God just keep his hand of grace and mercy on us. Hebrews chapter 11, let's look about verse number 32. Now, uh, Brother Overcash put brand new batteries in this microphone. That means I could go to about midnight, amen? But uh, I'm not going to do that to you. I, uh, I'll get you out of here. I know we got, everybody's got to be at work tomorrow. We're not going to keep you long. We're going to read a few verses, give you a few thoughts, and we'll let you go this evening. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32. The Word of God reads, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. But God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. I want to draw your attention to verse number 35 and also verse number 36 tonight where you see that word others. Others. Once in verse 35, once in verse number 36. And I want to give you a few minutes tonight on this subject. What do you do when you find yourself with the others? What do you do when you find yourself with the others? Several years ago, our mission board held its national conference. 
in Maslin, Ohio, and I didn't realize it at the time, but Maslin is the place where the NFL Hall of Fame is located. And I didn't get to go, but I understand that is a place where those that have excelled and went above and beyond in the profession of national football, their, their, their uh, achievements and their records are held, and you can go by and you can honor them for all their achievements in, in professional football. You can go about an, hour, or about an hour south of here, down to Charlotte or so, about an hour or so, and you can see the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And again, it's a place where those that have excelled and went above and beyond in automobile racing, they're honored and they're, they're uh, immortalized, and you can go by and pay tribute to them. But what we have here in Hebrews chapter 11 is the Believer's Hall of Fame. Amen? It's a place in the Holy Scripture where those that have excelled in service and sacrifice for Jesus Christ, their accomplishments and their exploits and their ministries have been preserved for all eternity in the pages of God's Word where we can look and get help and get examples, amen, of people who did great things for the Lord. I see here in Hebrews chapter 11 several categories of great followers of Jesus Christ. First of all, I see some great warriors. Those that fought great battles, those that won great victories for the Lord, those that fought against God's enemies, some great warriors. They're not only some great warriors, but I see some great workers. Those that built things for God and did great ministries for the Lord. Not only great warriors and great workers, but I see great worshipers. Men are mentioned like Abraham that everywhere he went in the most pagan, ungodly environments, first thing they did was build an altar, amen. And in spite of their circumstances, in spite of their surroundings, man, they just worship God. And not only great warriors, great workers, great worshipers, but I see some great walkers. What talks about ain't just walked with God, amen. Every day just had that daily consistent walk with the Lord. And all of these, we see some great witnesses, those that witnessed about their faith, some of them in very trying circumstances. And finally, great warriors, great workers, great worshipers, great walkers, great witnesses, but then there's great winners. Those that experience great success and great victories serving the Lord and walking with the Lord. But you get down to verse number 35 and verse number 36 when following we see another category of people in Hebrews chapter 11, and that's the others. Let's look at them in just a minute here. Verse number 35 says, And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Now, I submit to you tonight, this category of believers differs from the other categories. They are very, they are about as alike as night and day, whereas the first uh, category, the others, are not known for their great strength, but they're known for their great struggles. The others are not known for their great 
uh, uh, triumphs, but they're known for their great tragedies. The others are not known for their great prosperity, but they're known for their great pain. The others are not known for their great wins, but they are known for their great woes. The others are not known for their great successes, but they are known for their great sorrows. The others are not known for their great deliverances, but the others are known for their great despair. Now I don't know about you, I like that first crowd better. If I had my way, man, I'd be with the walkers. I'm going to be with the winners. I'm going to be with the worshipers. I'm going to be with the warriors. I like that whole crowd a whole lot better than this crowd, amen. But reality is, if you walk with God long enough, sooner or later, you're going to find yourself sitting with the others. You can't always walk with the winners. You can't always walk with the workers. You can't always walk with those that are on top. Sometimes you find yourself associated with this other's crowd. Amen. Now there's two things that jump out at me in this text. and Let me give you these and I'll give you the message. We'll be done tonight. Number one, let me say this. Not everyone's Christian experience is the same. We all get saved the same. We all come to faith the same. It's the book. It's the blood. The blessed hope. Amen. But after we get saved, everyone's experiences are different. I got to thinking about this. Daniel come to the altar at a point as a young man and gave his life to God 100%. And as a result, he got to serve God in a palace. He was a high-ranking political official. But he got to wear nice clothes had a nice house, got to eat the best food in the kingdom, and buddy, he had it made, amen. But John the Baptist also went to God and surrendered his life to the Lord, and he got thrown in prison and got his head chopped off. You see, not everyone's experience is the same. I preached a revival at a little old church up above Winston-Salem. is an old daycare, and they turned it into a church and the sanctuary, Brother Johnny, is actually the old playroom where the kids used to play. And the biggest crowd that I preached to all week was about 15 people. And one night, me and the pastor went out to eat. And boy, this young man's discouraged. And he said, Brother Russell, he said, Man, I look on Facebook and I see young men preaching revivals that are lasting for weeks. I see young men my age pastoring big churches. He said, what's wrong with me? I said, nothing's wrong with you. Somebody's got to pastor the 15. Everybody can't pastor the mega church. Everybody can't pastor the big meetings. Somebody's got to humble themselves and pastor the dozen." I said, their experience is not your experience. I said, just thank God for your experience. Amen. Do you understand there's men have gone to the altar and gotten saved? Next couple weeks, God calls them to preach. They have great ministries. But there's men that also come to the altar and got saved. They went home and told their wife. And their wife said, I'm not going to be married to a religious nut. I'm out of here. One man gets saved, has a great ministry. This guy gets saved and loses everything he's got. Not everyone's experience is the same. 
Amen. Number two, let me give you this. Not only, not only is everyone's experience not the same, but number two, not everyone's expectations are met. Amen. amen. You might as well say amen. We come to church with expectations. Amen. amen. Some of y'all got up this morning just like I did. Hello, don't dial me now. I'm preaching good. That alarm clock went off, and I said to myself, you know, it's be a good day to kick back a house. Watch some old Tarzan reruns. All right? Watch some Looney Tunes. Don't look at me like that. I will preach to midnight. Amen? But you know what I said? I didn't say it verbally. I didn't say it vocally, but I said, you know, if I get up and come on to church, God will bless me. Amen. We have expectations. Boy, if I come to church, we put our tithes in the, in the offering plate. And we think, man, I'm going to put my tithes in. I'll have a good week. But can I tell you something? Honey, sir, there's been times I put my tithes in. Amen. And God blessed me. But there's been other times I put my tithes in and my car tore up. There's been times I, I put my ties in and come to church and worship God and God let something good happen. Then there's other times I put my ties in and next week I got strep throat. You understand we have expectations as believers but many times those expectations are not met. Amen. Amen. You say, well, Brother Russell, what do you do? What do you do when you find yourself in, in this crowd of the others and your experience is not what you want it to be and your expectations are not what they were. Brother Russell, what do you do? Let me give you just about four things right here and I'll be done tonight. First of all, what do you do when you find yourself with the others? Number one, trust in God's control. Amen. Trust in God's control. James chapter 4 verse number 17 to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. Let me tell you something, God's in charge. I said God's in charge. I said God is in charge. The Democrats are not in charge. Thank God. The Republicans are not in charge. Thank God. The Communist Party's not in charge. Putin's not in charge. Hillary's not in charge. God's in charge. Amen. He's on the throne, amen. Another verse right here, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And we'll park here just for a couple minutes. I've got a neighbor that absolutely drives me insane. This guy's got some of the nicest toys in the hood. Amen. But he's got some nice motorcycles, got a pontoon boat, got some kayaks, got a pressure washer, but he leaves every bit of it out year round. He's got a garage, but it's so full of junk he can't put his stuff in there. So his motorcycles, his pontoon boat, his kayaks, all his nice stuff sits out in the rain, the snow, year-round, drives me insane. But you know what the bottom line is, Brother Ryan? He bought them, 
they're his. And if he wants to leave them out and let them ruin, that's his business. And bottom line is, folk, God bought us. He redeemed us with his blood. We belong to him. And he can do with us whatever he wants. I don't want y'all to think bad of me. But as a young man growing up in the mountains of western North Carolina at the foot of the Blue Ridge Parkway, riding bicycles on the Blue Ridge Parkway, riding dirt bikes in the woods, I never stopped and daydreamed about being a prison chaplain. But I graduated high school. I loved woodworking. I was passionate about woodworking. I, I ate, slept, and breathed woodworking. Man, I graduated high school. Man, I went to community college, got me a two-year degree in furniture production. Got me a good job in a furniture factory. I was happy. I tell you what, I was happy. I was doing what I wanted to do. God started calling me to preach. I said, Lord, you're breaking up on me. God called me to preach, then God called me to prison ministry. Then God called me to chaplain. Then God sent me to Northeast Correctional. Not what I had planned. I thought to myself, my soul, Lord, couldn't you at least send me to one of those blue-collar prisons where people are locked up for writing bad checks? Lord, could you not send me to a prison where people are locked up uh, for shoplifting? Oh, no. He's got to send me up there with the serial killers and the serial rapists and the thugs and the gangsters. Not what Charlie Russell had planned. Not what Charlie Russell signed up for. Not what Charlie Russell dreamed about as a young man. But the bottom line is, God bought me with his own blood. He pulled me out of a mess. He purchased me and he can do with me whatever he wants. Amen. Let me read another one. Trust God's in control. Amen. I said God's in control. Let's look at Romans chapter 9. I'll read it for you real quick. Verse number 20. says, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing form, saying to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Would you all agree with me? Some guy goes down here to one of these abandoned buildings on Shelton Avenue, goes to the bank, borrows a couple thousand dollars, remodels a building, gets him a pottery wheel, gets him some pottery equipment. He goes out back and digs him up a lump of clay. His name's on the deed. His name's on the sign. His name's on the property. He owns it all. He gets that lump of clay. Don't you think he has the right to do with it as he chooses? If he wants to make a plate, don't he have a right to make a plate? If he wants to make a bowl, don't he have a right to make a bowl? Amen. If he wants to make a spoon, don't he have a right to make a spoon? Let me tell you something once again. God bought us. He purchased us. We are his property. Amen. I'll be honest with you. When I got the word, uh, I was going to Northeast Correctional to be chaplain. 
I, I tried to jump off the wheel. What kind of preacher are you? I'm an honest preacher, man. So I started looking for a, an exit. I was wanting off that wheel. But you know what the bottom line is? We're his clay. He's the potter. He makes us what he wants us to be. Amen. Trust in God's control. Amen. Then number two, let me give you this. Not only trust in God's control, but trust in God's character. Amen. You know, David was going through a difficult time. In Psalm 13, he wrote, he says, But I have trusted in thy mercy. Job said when he was going through his difficult time, he says, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Genesis 18, verse number 25 says, Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Amen. Let me tell you something. God's not good because of what he does. God's good because of who he is. God's not good because of his conduct. God is good because of his character. And may I submit to you tonight, hey, I'm in one of the greatest churches on planet earth. I got a healthy body. I got a good wife. I got a good home. God's good. I said God's good. But you know what? If I was down at Baptist Hospital, eat up with cancer, puking up blood, can't sleep, can't eat, guess what? God's good. I said God's good. Amen. He's good and no matter what our circumstances. Well, Brother Russell, I don't know about that. I saw on TV the other day, earthquake, and God let 5,000 people get killed. Yeah, but he let 5 million live. I don't know about all brother, I saw on the radio the other day, heard on the radio the other day, there's a big hurricane and God let 10,000 people get killed. Yeah, but he let 10 million live. Brother Russell, my cousin died with cancer. God let my cousin die with cancer. Yeah, but your mama's still alive and your daddy's still alive and your wife's still alive and your kids are healthy. God's good, amen. Hello? God help us tonight. Amen. Hey, there's, a, there's an officer at the prison. Oh, officer, grind staff. He's about this tall and about that big around. And he's saved, man. He loves the Lord. You talk about Jesus to him, it's like throwing gas on a fire. I say, God's good, ain't he, officer, grind staff? He'll say, man, he can't help it. God can't help being good. It's because of who he is. Amen. God was good to the warrior crowd. God was good to the working crowd. He was good with the worshiping crowd. But he's also good to the others. And I want to tell you something, honey. It don't matter where we're at. What's going on, what's happening, how dark it is, how depressing it is, how deranged it is, God's good. You can trust God's character and God's always going to do what's right. Amen? I said God's always going to do what's right. We might not think it's right. I don't, be, I, swear, I don't think it's right that I'm a chaplain up there. Amen? I think I ought to be president of General Motors. 
I think I ought to be living in Beverly Hills, driving a Maserati, eating at Olive Garden for, no, Cracker Barrel for breakfast, Olive Garden for lunch, and uh, praise God, old Charlie's for supper. <laughs> That's what I think my life ought to be. But you know what the right thing is? God said those men need a preacher. Those men need a witness. I don't agree with that. But God always does what's right. We don't always understand that. Can I get a witness? I said we don't always understand that. Can I get a witness? I said we don't always understand that and we don't always agree with that. But God does always what's right. Then let me give you this. Not only trust in God's control, trust in God's character, but trust in God's commands. Psalm 119 verse number 75 I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. Just do what the book says. And leave the consequences and leave the results up to God. Do what the book says. Trust the book. Live by the book. Guide your family by the book. Guide your finances by the book. Guide your faith by the book. And leave the consequences and the results up to God. Amen. Amen. I think we all understand the day and age in which we live. Our chapel up at the prison seats about 40 comfortably. I run anywhere between 32, 35. I've had as many as 60 crammed in there before. But do y'all understand all I'd have to do to get about 300 inmates in there? Would get me a coffee pot, a case of Little Debbie cakes, and about three women in yoga pants to lead praise and worship. I'm talking about them yoga pants that women put on, makes their rear ends look like two Volkswagen bugs, drag racing down a one-lane road. Get me a pot of coffee, a case of Little Debbie cakes, and about three women in yoga pants leading praise and worship, and I'd have to move my service to the gymnasium. My soul, I'd have half the guards in there. Somebody help me out tonight. But you know what? God didn't say build a crowd. He said preach the book. He said you preach the book and leave the results up to me. And sometimes, I've had, Brother Terry, I've had as many as 60 crammed in there like sardines, but there's been other times I've had 10 in there. But that's not my call. I just got the call to preach, and I leave the results up to him, amen. Live by the book. Whether it gets you blessed or gets you blistered, just live by the book, amen. It's right. Hello? It's right to come to church. It's right to tithe. It's right to live holy. It's right to pray. It's right. So I prayed, and I didn't get no results. Hey, you leave the results up to God. You pray because the book says to pray. Right? Y'all still with me tonight? Let me give you one more. We'll be done. What do you do, Brother Russell, when you find yourself with the others, trusting God's control, trusting God's character, trusting God's commands? Then let me give you this. I think this is my favorite one. Trust in God's conclusion. Look at verse number 40. And God, having provided 
some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Honey, it don't matter if you're a warrior, if you're a worker, if you're a walker, if you're a worshiper, or if you're over there at that crowd with the others destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Praise God, one of these days, your last breath here will be your first breath there. There is a conclusion to all this. Some of my favorite words in the Bible are these words right here, and it come to pass. Praise God, this mess we're in, this nightmare of a planet that we live on, praise God, it didn't come to stay, it come to pass, hallelujah. And one day, it don't matter what your state is, it don't matter how much money's in your bank account, whether you're driving a Pinto or whether you're driving a Mercedes, one day, we're all going home. There is a conclusion to all this. I told somebody the other day, they looked at me like I'm crazy. I said, my soul, this whole stinking world's a prison. I don't feel no more free when I come out the gate than I do when I'm in there. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said this world is, a, is an insane asylum run by the inmates. Somebody help me out tonight. I know Washington is. Can I get a witness? I told y'all before, I got saved in Washington, D.C., 1986. God showed up to save me. He hadn't been back since. <laughs> right? <laughs> this whole planet is an insane asylum run by the inmate. Everywhere you turn, there's depression, discouragement. People getting blowed up. People getting killed. People cussing people out. But praise God, hallelujah, one of these days, I'm waving goodbye to this mess. And there's going to be a conclusion. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm getting out of here. And if you're saved, you're getting out of here. So, and, and the bottom line is, it don't matter if you're pastor in a mega church or if you're the janitor. We're all getting out of here. There's going to be a conclusion. We're going home. Now, let me give you this. This is my conclusion. I'm done. We've done pretty good on time. Praise the Lord. Save these batteries, I'll use them next time, amen. <clears throat> this is my conclusion. The book of Job, chapters 1 through 37, first 37 chapter, Job's talks. Job's wife talks. Job's friends talk. Get to chapter number 38, God starts talking. Chapter 38 through 41, God asks Job a series of questions about the material universe. The material universe. He asked Job about creation. He said, Job, where were you at when I formed the stars? Job, where was you at before you was born? Pretty good question. He asked him about animals. He asked him about the weather. He asked him about rain. He asked him about snows. He asked him about the stars. Job stood there. Like this. Dumbfounded. Couldn't answer one question. God asked him about the material universe. God's point is this. Job, if you cannot understand the mysteries of the material universe, 
What makes you think you'll ever understand the mysteries of the moral universe? Job, you can't even tell me how a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk. How do you expect to explain what I do in the lives of human beings? Job, you can't even explain. You go to the doctor and that stinking nurse will try ten times to find a vein, but there's a mosquito five miles away that'll zoom in on you and zap it the first time. Job, you can't even explain that. How do you expect to understand what I'm doing in the lives of people? Now, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I'll never be able to wrap my mind around what God is doing in my life. I said I'll never be able to wrap my mind around what God's doing in my life. Why is that? Because I don't have God's perspective. Amen. You and I will never understand. Let me ask you a question. You ever ask this question? Why do bad things happen to good people? But you know what God said? God said there's none good. Instead of asking why did that happen, ask yourself this question, why shouldn't it happen? Next time something happens you don't understand, instead of saying, why me? Ask yourself, why not me? Amen? We'll never be able to wrap our minds around what God does in the lives of human beings. We just got to trust Him. That He's in control. That He's good. Do what He says, praise God. And hallelujah, thank God, hallelujah, this ain't forever. (laughs) One of these days, it's going to be over. Me and my wife slipped out of town. We were blessed last year. The kids paid for our vacation last year, so we didn't have to pay for it. So we we had two years of vacation money this year. So we and my wife slipped down to Disney for a few days. They call that the happiest place on earth. My soul, if that's the happiest place on earth, I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> I come home depressed. Anybody ever been? You can't, you can't walk out of the bathroom without a gift shop there. And I just try to say something all the time, depress it. I come home depressed. Too hot. Say amen. Too much walking. Praise God, my idea of a vacation is a nice cold motel room. Hello, and a big jug of tea. Somebody say amen right there. This whole world's a mess, but praise Jesus, we're going home to the happiest place, not on earth, but the happiest place in the universe. Amen. Let's stand our feet for prayer tonight. We've done good on time. i got about three minutes after seven. Brother James is coming with a song. I wonder if there's somebody here tonight say, Brother, I'm, I'm with that crowd. I'm, I'm in that crowd. I'm with the others. I'm not with that 
successful crowd. I'm not with that walking crowd. I'm not with that winning crowd. Brother Russell, I'm with that crowd that's destitute. I'm going through some stuff. I'm going through some dark times. I'm going through some difficult times. I'm going through some depressing times. Maybe you need to come to the altar. Ask God to help you to trust Him. Trust in His control. Trust in His character. Trust in His commands. And most of all, praise God, trust in His conclusion. Amen. I don't know what your need is tonight. Don't know how in the world the message may have spoken to your heart. Brother James, you got a song for us? You need to come when he gets to playing. You come, hit the altar, ask God to help you tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad this isn't all there is? Aren't you glad that this is not the conclusion? Aren't you glad we're just passing through? You need to come tonight. Altars are open. God speak to your heart this evening. Are you with the others?